Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is season five, episode 29 of the UK Dallas Cowboys podcast. Joined this evening by Paul and Craig. How are you both doing, gentlemen? Uh, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, really well, oh, thanks. No. Okay, we got over Christmas anyway, which is always good. Yeah. yeah that's it done for another year. Yeah. All, and it's all, in that weird that time, isn't it? It's in that weird time between Christmas and New Year where it's like, what day is it? Am I allowed to still drink before noon? I mean, are there any rules left? It's it's simple as that. <laughs> I wish well, I wish I could say that I'm back at work. So, oh, yeah, not oh, good. I was, oh. I, I, as I said to you guys earlier, I totally forgot that it, like it was Wednesday, um, and that we hadn't done the show last night. But as I say, we're entitled to a Christmas as much as everybody. So you know, everyone was visiting family and friends. So look. We're a day late, but it's better late than never. Yeah, therefore. And unfortunately, look, again, it's it's a poor result. It's a 22-20 loss um, to the Miami Dolphins. Um, we've slipped now to second in the NFC East. Um, we've no control over our destiny now. And, you know, I, Paul, I know you said you thought there was a chance um, New York would split the series with... That team up north, not looking still two, like still two games left. Uh, uh, if there's any chance of optimism, there's still two games left. If we won two, <laughs> if we won our two games and they lose the next two, then yeah, that's that's mm. the only that's the only solution to it. Yeah, yeah, but it's unlikely. Sorry, Craig. What were your own initial first thoughts on Sunday evening? Um. The narrative all along has been Dallas can't win on the road. Okay, fine. Mm. Um, and yes, it was a loss. That's fine. And there are some there are some key points. I, I know we'll dig into it um, mm. uh, as as this episode goes on. But we face we face the number two seed with the um, number one scoring offense, and we held them to one touchdown. Mm. Um, and they weren't often looking like they were. Pre- it's not like us who who you know had the um, goal line issues. They weren't often pressing for a touchdown. Um, it, there were some good points. There were some bad points. It wasn't our best performance or our, by far our worst performance. We, yeah, yeah sometimes when you play the better teams, it's more likely to go their way. Um, there are things yeah. we can do to make it move our way, but uh, it's not the sky is falling. Um, I yeah. think if if and again we'll probably touch on it. I think this week and is more of a decider on who actually we are. Yeah, that's a very fair point, Paul. What what about yourself? What were your opinions and thoughts initially on on Sunday night? Defensively, I can't really criticize them way too much. Like we were much mm-hmm. better in the run defense. Don't get me wrong, our run defense is still a bit short, especially on the outside. For interiors mm. were absolutely fine. We shut down like between two and four yards per carry on the inside. If anything, if I'm going to be critical about something, it is obviously some of the decision making in terms of offense. Mm. Um, mm. We know we are noticing a significant drop in production whenever CD Lamb is not on the field. That mm-hmm. is a massive difference. Yeah. Whether he should be on the field at all times and other players will step up to the occasion. It's just whenever he seems to be not on the field, it seems to be yeah. there's a big a big void in presence. 
So that is a concern. If CD Lim's out, for God forbid, what option is it like that we yeah. didn't? And I'm glad that we did try to utilize Hunter Lukey. I'm really glad. glad. Like yeah. I thought, like the first initial drives, and that obviously the fumble was very unfortunate. Not, yeah. But we hardly utilized Jake Ferguson in that whole game, who seems to be yeah. like a really good security blanket for for that. Yeah. So. I do have the question in the play calling from Mike McCarthy and that. Mm, yeah. So, um, but like like Craig just mentioned, it was twenty two twenty. Like on average, like of all the games that have been like we've won, like we've kept defenses to an average of twenty points, etc. So to, to mm. do that against one of the top teams in the NFL, one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL, to all the yeah. twenty two points. And the majority of those points were field goals. Yeah. Uh, defensively, I think we could not ask for anything better. If I'm being perfectly honest, like it, it could have been one of those games where we could have beat, gotten beat mm. forty plus points or whatever. Now, but no, it never happened. So I think yeah. after reflection and after celebrating Christmas and whatever, that, it took a little bit of reflection. Just uh, when I was talking to RJ and uh, Mike last night on the round table and that, it kind of made me realize yeah. it's like you know what. Um, yeah, actually, you know what? All things just, yeah, it is a loss, and yeah, it does suck. But when you really put it in perspective, the, the, the Dolphins are, 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 are on a roller coaster, high flying right mm-hmm. now of what they're doing right now. Yeah. And yet, we only get, we managed to keep them down to only 22 points. It's like, yeah. so where, where's the actual problem here? We're supposed to be one of the biggest offenses in that. We didn't put enough points on the board. So, if anything, mm-hmm. all the problems relies on our offense. So yeah. that, that's where it really does come down to. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the what one of my initial feelings, and look, I, I, I still have this feeling coming out of the game, and Labarski kind of mentions it here in this comment. Um we couldn't stop the run when it mattered. I I I was a little bit angry, and uh, Paul, I know you're gonna be upset when I say this. I had a little bit of anger with the defense and especially Micah Parsons, in that you know it's Oh, it's now 38 quarters and I haven't had a holding call against me. And, you know, feel sorry for me. But my thoughts are, and like this happens across the league. It happens to Nick Bosa. It happens to TJ Watt. It happens to Miles Garrett. All of the best pass rushers, all of the best defensive players in the game. You've got to get over it. You've got to stop making excuses and just do the job. Or am I being am I being too harsh in saying that? And yeah. that, uh, yeah, sorry, Craig. In that context, yeah, that definitely. If it was Michael Parsons uh, saying to um, pointing out to the NFL officials to say, "Listen, do your job better," and mm. yeah. that's a, that's a fair argument. Because let's mm-hmm. be honest, the NFL officiating has been terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I I totally agree with what you're saying. Like from Parsons to come out and say that type of stuff, nah. Like, just get on and just, like, keep your head focused and get on with the job. Like, the more you're going to, like, start complaining and stuff, uh, you're more going to get more animated. And we saw that during the game where Parsons was getting animated and Demarcus Lawrence, of all people, was the one who had to try and calm him down. So you're, mm-hmm. f- you're f- two, two absolute, f- uh, uh, what's the word? Um <laughs> I'm trying to find the right word, but it's just basically they can just flip a switch just like that in terms of personality yeah. on the football yeah. field. Yeah. Pretty much, you've got 
Demarcus Lawrence telling passes to come down, which I think is absolutely hilarious. So, mm. but yeah, I, it's just it, it's a weird one. But if I was Michael Parsons, just get that out of your head, get get the lamest excuses head because the more you're gonna dwell on that, the more you're gonna like less less perform. Mm. Not because you're going. To, that's all you're going to be thinking about. You're not going to think about. Okay. Oh yeah. So you're going to hold me. Okay. I'm going to. I'm just going to ram it down your throat. That's the mentality should be taken. It's like. So like if you're going to hold me, then I'm going to make you pay for it. That should be the mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, I agree with agree with everything on there. Um, you just saw how fired up he was on the field that he's not, and the fact that they haven't he hasn't had a holding penalty since the Chargers game. Yeah, Thirty-one quarters. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's crazy, but he needs to realize that there are better people to carry that message. There are better people to um, say that the Cowboys, like so many other teams, are are, stru- are suffering from really bad calls. Are yeah, let, let the coaches do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's their job. And Dan, I know Dan Quinn, you know, um, has great scheme, but he's he's quite quiet on the um, outspoken front. You almost want him to be saying that and being a bit more outspoken yeah. on that. Um, I, but I, personally, I think the the run, run stopping in the last uh, drive, yeah, we could all see it coming. Not helped by the penalty, but yeah. really for me, it was the fact that, yes, we didn't give up. We only gave up one touchdown. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Against Tyreek and Waddle, excellent. Uh, and yeah. most of it for some of the game he was in. Um, but the fact that we were just so far off our coverage to keep us keep it in front of us meant pretty much they were guaranteed to be able to get the first down. And I think that yeah. probably killed us more than um, not being able to stop the run. I, I feel yeah. like we were too apprehensive in covering Tyreek Kill in that game. If that mm. makes sense, it's like we know the ball's going to him, but we just don't know how much yards we want to give space towards him. Mm. That seems to, that seemed to be the biggest question mark. And yeah. yeah, that last drive, yeah, that was probably the worst part in terms of our run defense. It just felt like by that time, it's like they just knew it was coming. They mm. just gave up. And that's enough yeah. thing as well. Like there was just the lack of, um, what's the word? I'm pure sorry. I'm struggling to find my words here today, but <laughs> it, just, no. it, it, just, it just, it just felt like it, it felt easy just to give up because there was just like, oh, you have to get the first down. That's like game over. It's yeah. like, Fight for every bloody inch of the game. It's not over till it's actually over. So yeah. if you have got a chance to win the game and hold them back, then do it. So and and what we were what uh, twenty to nineteen at a time, and it was like yeah, yeah. not like it just it just it just felt like it was just like it just suck out the whole soul of the whole team, and it just like it didn't matter no more. So that's mm. a bit of a concern. So yeah, yeah. One word there, you know, the mentality was that there was still time on the clock. They were going to have the ball. They were going to move into field goal. It's just a case of whether they make the field goal. Mm-hmm. No, actually, yep, yeah. we are ha- still an active participant there. You're, you're right. We weren't um, aggressive enough. We weren't um, fighting to stay in. And that's, for all the talk of um, after the game, you know, Mike McCarthy, you know, we need to be road warriors. We're missing the warriors part. We're missing the, yeah. we can make, we can make our own destiny in the first half. In the second half, it just feels like, it just felt like we were hanging in there. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose this kind this kind of feeds into Labarski's point here where he says, I was surprised when I saw Ty- Tyreek's numbers later because it felt like he had 30 catches for 300 yards. And it just felt like every time 
and Craig, you've alluded to this, um, was when they needed a first down, they threw the ball to Tyreek Hill and he seemed to get two or three yards beyond the first down marker. Now, I don't think he even had 100 yards in the game. I'll, no. I'll, I'll check it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just that thing of dialing up a play and going, right, we know the ball's going to Tyreek Hill. We have to stop Tyreek Hill. Someone jam him on the line. And it just doesn't seem to be part of maybe the Dan Quinn schemes. Craig, as you kind of said, they like to give that cushion, you know, to, to, to the opposition. And it, it, it got us killed every time. It got us killed last week in Buffalo. It got us killed when we went to San Francisco. You know, and that that's that's the concern with, with the defence I have at the minute. Yeah, but when you look at the base in the scoreline, like the stats for um, Tyree Kill, actually would actually match up perfectly. Like ninety nine yards, mm. you know, he, he wasn't what it wasn't him that scored it. It was Waddle that scored the touchdown, wasn't it? Waddle, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so for ninety nine yards and whatever your uh, reception count is, so you're talking about what what fourteen points, fifteen points in fantasy football, wherever you want to yeah. score it, like so, and for based on what the whole percentage of the points were and how Tua did and stuff like that. I mean, like, yeah. Tyreek still had a good game, but it just seemed yeah. a lot more because of the impact that he brought into every single play that he delivered. So, yeah. but, yeah. Yeah. Just pulling up Joe's comment. What's up, Cowboys? Didn't know you guys went live on Wednesday. Joe, this is this is actually Tuesday's show. We were all mm-hmm. doing stuff with our families yesterday and, you know, enjoying Christmas. So even though it was a loss on Sunday, we still need to, you know, have, have a discussion about it. But um, guys, like, like I was covering the game on Sunday night and a lot of the initial comments after the game was Dak didn't do enough, Dak didn't do this, Dak didn't do that. And I, I I teed off on a few people on this because if there's one person you cannot blame for this game, it's Dak Prescott. Yeah, absolutely. If yeah. Work, and, if, and I'm sorry, but I am going to blame someone in this game. And it probably might not come as a surprise. In fact, two people, actually. One is mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Two yeah. is Chuma Adoga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. My God, like it felt like he was actually playing guard instead of tackle. Like, yeah. like I'm sorry, but Bradley Chop is sitting on on the edge. You know, he's your outside guy. You're supposed to help seal the containment of the edge, regardless of your tackle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and even like, so uh, I think it may have been Ferguson and me kind of missed like a uh, like just a chip, a chip block. Yeah, so yeah. it just felt like. How can you leave a guy of Bradley Chubb's caliber unattended? Because that's what really killed us. Left and and Tim just made the comment. Um, yeah, the left tackle just killed us. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Truma Aduga was god awful. And and I, I try and be as nice as I can when it comes to like because mm-hmm. I don't want to kind of sound like I'm really bashing someone, but it really did. When I was watching some of the the game film from the the north south camera position yeah. he was he was playing like he was playing guard position why are you double teaming with your actual left guard tyler smith who had yeah. full control of the interior tackle on christian watkins i'm sorry i just don't understand mm. that it's like your job is it's like 
yeah, put place the hand out, then go back to Bradley Chubb, uh, Bradley Chubb to the outside. Make sure that the outside is never left attended. That is the main yeah. main role of being the left tackle. It's like make sure nothing comes around the outside. Yeah, uh, it's baffling. And it was for yeah. throughout the whole game. Absolutely, and if you look at the stats lines between Dak and Tua, and Tua's um, getting lots of praise, which I think might be a little overblown, but very similar stat lines between the two QBs. It was that factor, the factor that Cowboys got home to one sack, I think, and there were several, and they were mostly coming down that edge. And the fact, time after time, you're just seeing Tuma not do his basic job, not even put in a disruption there. It wasn't breaking through the protection. There was none. Like, it was I'm sure... I'm sure if you were to flip the rules reverse, put Tyler Smith at left tackle, put Tumor in left guard, I think we'd be seeing a different, different, complete story. Because at least mm-hmm. Tumor Duda was actually playing like a guard, but but with Tyler Smith, he can play the left tackle. But mm-hmm. it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. So our offensive yeah. line coach needs to really mm-hmm. kind of make a more in depth decision in terms of our depth in terms of that. Like, and this is a coach but- that who's had all the years of experience, he should know better. Yeah, like Paul, I I wanted to kind of ask you this question, kind of as you've you've played both sides on the offensive and defensive yep. line. I mean, Chuma Doga kept seem to be looking into the left guard spot all the time. I... Doesn't need anyone looking after him. He's a big grown ass man, and Doga, old... by looking inside was detracting himself from seeing what's going on on his side, where he's yeah. supposed to defend. It's something Tyron Smith would never do. The only time you should only, like, in a way of double team, is, is basically hand placement block. Just mm-hmm. So therefore, your guard can actually get more face-to-face. Like, so, yeah. if you, if, so I'm just trying to think in terms of positions here. So if I'm a free tech, Lined up against the left guard in between that and the left uh, left tackle, I expect the left tackle just to kick up a couple of steps, just to do a chip block on me, then refocus back onto the edge, mm. not get a full complete like double team block and drive drive me to whatever, like drive me back yeah. inside. Like that's not the case. Like if I'm playing the left like left tackle position, like I was like if. If he's like if, if the if the guard was uh, lined up heads up with the, the interior tackle, then that's all on him. If mm-hmm. the if the if the tackle is left at, like more inside between him and the center, then that's between him and the center. But that's definitely mm-hmm. more of an actual double team block. But yeah. it's all but the but the the, diff, the major major component difference is the left tackle should always be more of a like just. Hand place, make sure it like it just gives them that we split second just to get like just a wee hand placement push, yeah. so therefore your guard can get readjusted and back in position again, and therefore you can start kick stepping and actually force whatever mm-hmm. the uh, the edge rusher, either if he's going to go a bull rush it or whatever on that, like yeah. just to give them that, like even just like stop that bull rush or the the edge rusher for that one second is going to make a hell of a difference, mm-hmm. but. But you don't leave him unattended. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it felt it felt like he was just missing from the line. You almost feel that if we put, it, it did feel like we were playing with four offensive linemen. Yeah, exactly. Like. And you cannot do that, especially on that position. You just cannot. And Dak is good under pressure, but Dak shouldn't be continually under pressure. Um, and that 
half second is again one of those minor against a quality team on the road in the in um, the winter. Admittedly, Florida winter. Um, <laughs> it's one of those minor things that mean win or loss. I've got a, I've got a funny I've just got a funny image. Remember the scene from The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler, where the offensive line <laughs> decides not to block anymore. That's where it kind of yeah. felt like it's just yeah. on the left left tackle position. Yeah, like it, it generally felt like that. So, like yeah. I just hope with the with the news of well, let's go now back into the fold. That's yeah. just great news. So whether he'll get immediate reps playing at the left tackle position, wherever Tyron Smith is going to be healthy, we don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it's we just need to kind of wait and see. But either way, it was just not pretty. Other than all, like in terms of the other offensive linemen, I thought Biadish had a really great game. Like I thought he actually played mm-hmm. very, very well. I thought Zach yeah. Martin, as usual, had a good game. Terrence Steele seemed to be improving. Like there was still. Yeah. Moments where it did kind of get a wee bit caught off guard a little bit, but other than that, I thought overall it was not too bad. But but Tyler Smith, because of I don't know if he was struggling because of the penalties and whatever, not mm-hmm. there is still that problem with him as he seems to be grabbed like holding on a little bit more. So I think yeah. that's maybe why Adora was going in to kind of assist him a bit more. And I know I'm saying this, I'm conjured that like, I'm kind of going back my original no, statement. But I can, Chris, when you really do think about it, the offensive line is a chain reaction. It all yeah. links up together. So if one link's kind of loosened off a little bit, then you're, you're going to have a compromise from one side mm-hmm. to kind of help elevate the pressure. But if, without doing that, you're going to leave a much more bigger problem at one other end of the spectrum here. So, um, yeah, yeah, it, it's one of those ones where I think with the whole holding calls, I think there's just like with Tyler Smith, Junior Adora had to kind of help out and it just kind of made it, made the whole situation worse. So just from the left side of the ball, I think mm. missing Tyron Smith there mm. is yeah. massive. And despite like, obviously he's very limited. Like I'm just glad that the fact that we've actually managed to get him for more than what 13 games this year. Okay. So, mm. I'm just, even that's just a victory on itself to get Tyron up, but by, by God, that we need him more than ever now, especially if we're yeah. going into these playoffs. Mm. Yeah. O-line depth, we've been saying it since since the draft, really. Um, Two years, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. and it's it, it comes back to bite us, and it can come back to bite us in January as well, and then we're looking at the playoffs from the wrong position. Yep. Yeah. One of the other concerns for me, gents, and look, I know we kind of mentioned this about two weeks ago, Paul, you were kind of saying, I'm not even going to ask what you're drinking. <laughs> but we kind of, know. <laughs> you were saying, um, you know, Tony Pollard is on pace for a thousand yards and I checked the, the projections and he still is. But I mean, again, it's thir- he had, what, 38 yards rushing this weekend. And on the key play of this, game for me, which was the Loopy fumble. You're paying Tony Pollard $11 million. He should be the guy who you're using in that position. McCarthy tends to get too cute in the red zone for his own good. Mm-hmm. You're paying a guy $11 million to pound the ball in for you. Didn't use him. Yeah. I disagree. I actually think the Loopy move was actually the right move. 
or if not, if not, if it should have been someone, it should have been Rico Dowdo. Despite the whole money thing, whatever, if you're paying your running mm-hmm. back that amount of money, Tony Pollard is not designed for the inside run like that. He's not going to build those people yeah. down, as clearly shown in the play where he got stopped at the one-yard line where he couldn't get his whole body across the line. Like, yeah. that just comes to show the physicality of Tony Pollard. Tony, like, And th- this is the thing we were talking last night on Blogging the Boys, is like, we're starting to see the trend where Tony Pollard is definitely a design-specific type of running back. He's de- designed mm-hmm. for outside runs, screen passes, and pretty much it. He's not going to be your bell cow. He's no. not going to be the one that's going to ram it down, linebackers throats down in the gaps. Like you, you do have Dowdo for that. Yeah, he's not like your Zeke Elliott or your uh, Derek Henry's out there or anything like that. Yeah. But, but this is where we, we do have Hunter Luke because at the time, like, it makes sense where we're literally like, like inches from the goal line. It's like, it's the safest bet. Go away a full back package and just ram it down their throats. Like mm-hmm. make sure the offensive line stick to the gaps and just like, just barge right in and just gain those extra inches. And that's a touchdown. Yeah. Whereas if you were to use Tony Pollard, then there is the chance that he just might bounce off and bounce back. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And that seems to be yeah. the problem. It reminds me of the stat they showed in the um, in during that first drive that says, "Yeah, of course they're going for it on on fourth because Cowboys are six and one when they've got when they score a touchdown on the first um, drive this season." So yeah. it makes sense, but again, like the previous comment, it's something that's been said since the summer. We need we need a bell cow. We need a uh, a brute. We need uh, a Dowdle's getting there. He's not there yet. Um, mm-hmm. The fullback. Um, I always struggle with his name. Um, <laughs> is yeah, his could could be, but why didn't we get someone like um, Dalvin Cook? Isn't it? Went to the Jets and just hasn't been used all yeah. year. Um, and that's and, a fair point. Yeah, that, I wanted okay. released at the um, uh, trade deadline. Um, wanted out. Why don't we have someone like that who can be a relief for Pollard? Who can be a brute? Who can be a factor uh, in the red zone? This, this, is going to, this is going to sound daft, but seeing now, and you're going to think I'm crazy about this, but I think letting Ronald Jones for that particular reason is probably now kind of coming back to haunt us. Like, I know yeah. he's he's a French, he's going to be a French player, but this was what Ronald Jones was designed for, is those particular short yard gains. That's why he made his living for Kansas City, for Tampa Bay. That's what he did, and he did it very, very well. I mean, he won a bloody mm-hmm. Super Bowl, helping Patrick Mahomes keeping the keep the drive alive for all those short yardage. Like he would, like, and it's all running back by committee. As of right now, it seems to be it's it's the Tony Pollard show until he gets tired. Then it's whatever we will just play it based based on proper set. Like I know that seems a bit actually extreme take on it. Actually, that's a bit unfair. But um, no, it, it, it seems like we're our. We're using Tony Pollard mostly because we're trying to get our money's worth out of it, or yeah. basically find every reason why to re-sign him back. And personally, for me, I would not re-sign Tony Pollard back. I think mm-hmm. next year would be look towards getting other running backs for next year. I know, I know, we're saying we still got the season ahead, and I don't. And I'm one of those people who don't like to think about next year already because we're still actively in this season, but. You can't help but think going forward and sit, think about cap and whatever or not. I, I don't yeah. think Tony Powell will be here next year. 
Yeah. Like we, we, we kind of mentioned this on the, on this show last week. And I, I think it was Elizabeth said it to me, Oh, he'll be back. And for me, I've, I've said this all along. We can't afford to bring Tony Pollard back. We don't have the money right now to bring him back. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that needs to realize he's a scat back. He's not going to be a bell cow. And if you want a bell cow, you need to move on. Um, Joe is saying here, Derek Henry would be a perfect fit for us. I tend to agree. And Derek Henry is going to be a free agent this summer, pretty much. But I, I would kick the tires. Yeah, that's it. That was probably what um, stopped it being a realistic option mid season for Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It would be ideal if I, again, don't, um, look into the college season till um, the draft time. But if yeah. there is, I've seen a few um, mock drafts that say there are some brutes out there you could pick up in second and third. That can yeah. be that. And whether it backs up po- um, Pollard, whether it's a mix of um, them and Dowdle, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen. But I, I agree. I don't think Pollard is the answer. Yeah, I think there's there's sort of be a, a good talent pool of running backs this year into the draft and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. if we could get like so, like even A chain for like the Dolphins and stuff like that, if we can find like wee gems like that, like it can deliver like versatility. It can be a bell cow, can be elusive, whatever that. Then great, but mm-hmm. yeah. And and Tim just made a really good point. Paula does mm-hmm. work best in the combo backfield, and that is what I was kind of meaning. Yeah. Is like he's, he's not designed to be an inside run guy. Like he works yeah. best in the combo combo package mm-hmm. where you can screen it to him. You can hand off to outside and stuff like that. So it's just again, just when we thought things were moving great for our offense. Mm-hmm. Like it still seems to be there's like we're still trying to figure out what best suits our players in terms of plays. Like wide receivers, fine. CD Lamb, we know what we're doing. We're we're starting to see some good parts with other wide receivers, but the problem mm. is we seem to be very lost when it comes to our wide receivers when CD Lamb's not actually physically on the field. It seems like yeah. all the other receivers are like, oh crap, all all the attention's on me now. It's like mm. it's like I don't have CD to draw the attention now. What am I going to supposed to do? That's what it seems to be like, because the, the drop in like percentage completions and uh, like yards per game and stuff like that, it, it drops down substantially, and it's it's really really bad. Like a ton about at least a good I think it was like hundred yards or something, a difference or something. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, we saw. Uh, I've seen some of the commentary this week with the um, Ravens 49ers game and so on and talking about going into San Francisco and bullying the bully. It's kind of, we, that's, that's the last missing piece. I mean, the the questions there around the um, offensive line and so on, that's fine, but it's the mentality of we can go in, not just score points, but we can make you play our game. And whether that's running or passing, we can make you play our game. We are missing that mentality of the second half, is is the time to make them play our game um and mm-hmm. th- that's like like you said it just felt that once they got the ball in the um fourth quarter the game was beyond us you don't have to be too nice about the trade you can just say we should be going into these plays and making them our bitch that's what we were to be saying <laughs> but, so, but that's what we that's what we feel to do it's like yeah. i feel like we were given the bitch too much respect yeah 
Yeah. And I wouldn't say Dolphin again, going back to it was a close game. I wouldn't say Dolphins did it to us. Um, I don't think many teams, even in even in our losses, many teams have done it to us, but we haven't done it to anyone. We've put mm-hmm. up that, but we haven't dominated. And I think with this time of year, and especially heading towards the playoffs, you need to kind of dominate. You need to make someone your bitch. Otherwise, mm. yep. other teams aren't going to sit up and take notice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim is just kind of saying, Dallas can beat San Francisco, but only with physicality like the Ravens did, which we seem to lack. I couldn't yeah. agree with that statement anymore. That's true. Yeah, I think we'd want to have to kind of put on our realistic hats and expect to, and and I know us an absolute party pooper. Yeah, we're going to be in the playoffs, but we're going to have Mm -hmm. to have the expectation we are likely going to get knocked out because we're not being physical enough. We're not putting enough points on the board. There's um, Mm -hmm. miscommunication. Like, we're still not defending the outside run properly. But if if we can start being more physical and, and I think the other one as well is discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Be more disciplined. That's a big, one of the biggest factors, especially from the Buffalo game and going into this Miami game, we're so lack of discipline from Parsons acting the way he was in the field. Mm. So, and that's going to screw you up mentally. It's going to make you un- less focused. And, and again, and Joe may really be the great comment. The only person that's actually beating Dallas is Dallas. We're our mm-hmm. own biggest enemies. Yeah. Like, so unless we can actually conquer knowing what our weaknesses are, we're, we're, we're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. Let's yeah. be perf- yeah. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, if we can even achieve to make it, make it to the NFC Championship, that is a success for me. I know it sounds daft to say Same. that because obviously it should be Super Bowl or nothing, but it's still a progression from the year before, whatever not like mm-hmm. this stuff. But at the same time, it's still, you know, like we just need to be very, be very realistic what's going, what, what is likely to happen. If we're blown away from a mindful performance, I, I suppose if we're expected to play Tampa, I believe it is, because, because based yeah, in sequence as of right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'd be very weary of that game. Yeah. I'll be perfectly honest. Because yeah. as of yeah. right now, Baker Mayfield is playing lights out. Mm. Like yeah. he had a great game there but uh, during the Christmas holidays there. He had a great yeah. game. I think he had one of the yeah. best passer ratings of last week. Yeah. Yeah. And you're 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 absolutely right. It's um I mean Miami are very like us with the with the very fast um, mobile and tricks and so on. Um I don't think they can go into Baltimore this weekend and punch them in the mouth um i yeah i've got my money's on ravens yeah, yeah i think the bills and the lions games are that physicality that we're missing that we saw a struggle with and te- in really our only um in only bad loss is the 49ers i would still say um oh, I, would, I, would, I would say arizona's worse uh, arizona we didn't turn up but the yeah, 49ers beat us the bills beat us and Eagles, you know, game of inches. Um, and I'd say Miami, game of inches. If we lose to the Lions, then that sets the stereotype is that we can be punched in the mouth. We can be made bitches. And that will stop yeah. us. You're right. That's That will yeah. stop getting far. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a conversation for tomorrow's show for the pre-game yeah. and that. Like, I do have yeah. concerns 
about the the Lions game, but other not. But in fairness, though, you do have to give some credit to uh, Josh Mc, uh, no Josh McDaniel, uh, Mike McDaniel. Like mm. he did mm. made a really st- strategized game. He really like yeah. he mm. played a lot of mental warfare pre-game, like questionable Tyreek Hill, but he was absolutely fine. Like. They yeah. really try to really set it off board and stuff like that. Really try to cause a lot of confusion within our system for that, like for yeah. likes of Dan Quinn. So, it, and, I've had, and on field as well, there was quite yeah. a lot of um, chatting, a lot of eye to eye stuff, which I hadn't seen with the Dolphins before. I haven't watched that many mm-hmm. games, but it seemed like yeah, exactly that. That probably their mentality was get under our skins because we can't uh, we can't face up to that. So yeah, that matches in with all the Mike McDaniel's schemes yeah. and so on to to counter us. Yeah, and to be fair, and look, I'm not, I'm not try- again, I'm not trying to find excuses for the Dolphins not playing as well as they can. Jalen Waddle was banged up for most of that game and sat out most mm-hmm. of the second half as well. You know, so it he is a big threat, and obviously, look, he got the touchdown in the first half, but you know. There were there were issues there. Um, look, before, I just want to finish up the say the injuries and the news and rosters. Um, we did have a roster move today. Rashawn Evans, the linebacker, has been waived, and Matt Roletsko, our offensive tackle, has been elevated. Um, do you guys want to have any, anything to say on that before we move on? Or I'm a bit baffled. If I'm being perfectly honest. What was the point in bringing in Rashawn Evans in the first place? Like, I, yeah, I get. I get we he's need linebackers. Six or seven games. Hmm? He's played six or seven games. What, for us? Yep. He hasn't yep. been with us for that long, has he? Yep. He's been with us for about two months. Ah. Yeah, he's it's one of those. Yeah. I mean, it's a part of it is the fact that, you know, the, the off field stuff, which, you know, no point yeah. going into, but yeah, yeah, it just it wasn't a difference maker, and it felt a bit like a headline. If we were going to make a midfield splash and say, "Yep, this is something we need to correct. This is what we've realised that we're missing." Where was the bell cow? Where was the offensive line depth? Where was the here's some spend some money that takes us from a challenger to a um, to a top tier? Um, and I don't yeah. think Evans was ever that, and I think we're like like we've touched on, we're, we're missing a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and 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 what likes of Brendan Well, let's go in. Thank goodness. Like, we we need as much offensive line depth as much as we need right now to help Dak right yeah. now. But going back to Evans though, like, and just kind of saying what Labasi just said, he hasn't done anything. I totally agree. I haven't seen him on the stat sheet or making major contributions and that. So yeah. I think I think I'm more surprised the fact that we've just kind of let go. We're now one linebacker down in terms of depth again. That's mm. what I'm more surprised about. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think we still have, I suppose, like that. Look, we've Damon Clark, we've Micah. Dante Fowler has been taking some snaps at linebacker. Bell can drop in and play linebacker as well. Um, <coughs> Daniel Thomas can drop in. You know, like Dan Quinn has a particular style of linebacker who can play safety that he likes to play. So it's more that seems to be the move more than anything. And mm. as you say, it's get that extra O-line depth in. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 
But um, look, let's let's have a little talk about the offensive side of the ball anyway. I mean, you can see the numbers going through. As we say, this wasn't a game you could lay any blame at Dak's door. I mean, he had a pretty good stat oh. line in terms of 20 for 32, 253, two touchdowns. He didn't turn the ball over. Had a couple of good rushes as well. You know, I mean, as I said, if anyone was trying to bl- place blame, and there were plenty of people who did try it, I think they're very misguided in that. That's what I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but it just makes you wonder what game they were watching, to be honest, because mm. as far as I know, like, that was the one that's still trying to push and stuff like that. Like, don't get me wrong, there was a wee couple of close moments where he got it picked mm. off and whatever not, but... In terms of that, he was still in command. He was still trying to like, like whenever him and CD were on the field, like we were still moving the ball very well. It just seems to be like any other type of play call, like if it was run or yeah. pass to someone else when CD Lamb was not on the field, then it seemed to kind of go here because when CD Lamb was on the field, there was the pass down to Jalen Tolbert, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, but. Uh, but and there was um, the one to Cooks, I believe, as well. Third yep. touchdown, yeah. Yep. So, yes, yeah, so, and, bo- and, and both of them, and below, and both of those instances, CD Lamb was on the field at the time. Yeah. And and any other time after that, like if CD Lamb was on the sideline, where and that offense were on the field, we weren't in, seem to be getting the same distribution. So I don't know if it's a mental block from, that's a, not from Dak, but. From the other wide receivers to not to step up because the, the balls were going in their court. It just seemed to be it yeah. just wasn't they wasn't they connecting? It was weird. Yeah. I mean, looking exactly that. Looking at that stat line, the you know Jake Ferguson four forty five call, um, Lamb excellent six for one one nine, Tolbert one reception five yards, Gallup yeah. two receptions four yards, um, Cooks I think it was two for twelve and a touchdown. Two for fourteen. Yeah. Where yeah. is WR two? I just seen yeah. Joe's just seen Joe's comment. The goal line fumble was a game changer. Yeah, it was a game changer. But if there's another game changer in this game was the the stop on Tony Pollard at the first uh, one like zero yard line essentially, literally inches and, away from changing the game. And yeah, that we was talk, essentially we, the same drive. Yeah, that was like, the same drive. Yeah, was it was the play, the play before the fumble. Yeah, no, you're right. It was the play after that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. If, yeah. If, if, if anything, I'm more upset with Tony Pollard than I'm with Hunter Lupke. Like, yeah. Yeah. Lupke like, that needs more reps. There's no question about that. He needs to be more involved. Like, yeah. Mike McCarthy and the offense need to get Lupke more involved because it, it clearly was working. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. whoever the, like, needs more practice with the handoffs, that seems to yeah. be what the issue, issue is. But with the whole well, Tony it, Pollard thing... Yeah, but the Tony Pollard thing. All right. Yeah. Uh, got it. Keep no, keep talking. I'll, I'll I'll see if I can find the comment there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with the, there with with the, the, yeah. Uh, the the Tony Pollard thing. though, he had the choice, two choices actually. One to dive his shoulder down and mm. actually take on the hit more head on and drive yeah. the running back rather than being too head up. It was too upright trying to run straight forward into the guy. Yeah. That was number one mistake. Number two mistake was that like he had he's got like Paula's got the speed, right? He could yeah. easily like take a more stretch and leap going out to the end of the sideline. He mm. could have done that. 
why didn't he do that? Why did he want to decide to cut back inside when the safety was more prepared to take it on and won that battle easily? And they were a match for match in terms of size and height. And and Pollard absolutely stopped dead on the tracks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. he tried to do half of each and failed at both. And yeah, it. it I, yeah. I agree. That was the problem. Then you see these memes and, of saying, "Yeah, and if I, yeah." If I, if I was an eleven million dollar running back, I should be making more executive decisions rather than just mm. doing it right at the last second like that. Unsure where I'm going to go. You're ever going to be committed to the where you're supposed to go, or you're not, or you're. Or you're not, and if that's that's the difference between what Zeke did, he was always committed to where the gap was. Like, mm-hmm. like if there was like, even though it might have been closed off, he would still go in and try and punch it in. Yeah. Whereas Pollard, it seems like he was. It just looked as though he was going to run to the outside and decide to cut back inside when he didn't have to. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. like something I'm going to bring up, and look, I hate to do this, but. This time last year, this fan base was waving goodbye to Zeke Elliott, saying he wasn't good enough. There was no juice left in the tank. I'm sorry to say it, but in the past months, that guy has proved there's plenty of juice left in that tank. I wouldn't. I don't think it was the problem with the juice. It was, it was the problem mm-hmm. with the whole con. It was the cr- contracts. Yeah, the problem. Yeah. And, yeah, and a lot of people yeah. don't talk about that. Like, if yeah. we were to keep Ezekiel Elliott. And not Tony Pollard, then that would have been different. Yeah, like, like Zeke was willing to do a reduced deal, be cheaper on, under the cap, more than that. Whereas Pollard, obviously, he was chasing for the new bigger deal type of thing. But yeah, it's a hard one, mate. It really is. Like, yeah, like deep down, I still think Zeke would still bring so much more to our run game. Still, regardless, yeah. like. Even if he'll be playing more of a bit part role, but he was still contributing. He'd still be one of the best pass blocking running but running backs to give that that lane of defense from getting yeah. sacked from time to time. Like, yeah. and you will never see that happen. You won't see Ezekiel Elliott spung like a helicopter. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah, will never happen. He's very low mm-hmm. to the ground. Um, but yeah, absolutely. We. We we kind of we're missing something there. We're missing that presence there. I don't. I think Zeke was. I think Zeke suits the um, Patriots um, offense now. Yeah. Um, so he's excelling where he is, and he just didn't become. Uh, he doesn't suit what our offense is now. But we still mm. need that big-bodied threat. That um, yeah. yeah, what Pollard isn't. Um, and I don't think a lot of teams have saw that decision-making or that, uh, I mean, the fumble's a fumble. Sure, it could have gone our way, yeah. whatever. But the decision-making from Pollard, I think, is the thing that people see and say, we're not that worried if you're if you're on the five-yard line. You're going to you're gonna be on your own, you're going to be on the 10-yard line before we do anything about it. Yeah. So I've just, just two quick ones here. Um, Joe has asked, he said, did you see what Amari Cooper did Saturday? Uh, if that's not a slap in the face for Jerry, I, unfortunately, look, and I know I'm guilty of saying it, having said it about Zeke, but I mean, the ship has sailed and it sailed two years ago with Amari. Um, but our, our, our own Graham Wilson, he's obviously switched accounts and he's 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 not repping uh, Labarski anymore. 
He says, apologies for my absence. Quick question for the panel. If is there any evidence that says the Cowboys win the wildcard game? And obviously Graham was absolutely fuming on Sunday night, and it's understandable. As of right as of right now, I find it very hard to find any reason why we should win. I think being yeah. perfect, we're, because we're going to be on the road. We're going to be up against it seems to be on hot in the seals right now against Tampa Bay. If we do go there, yeah. that might that might subject to change. We might go somewhere else, and, and who knows? But it doesn't look it doesn't look good for our first pre- playoff game. Regardless, I mean, yeah. Um, the, uh, just looking at the last few um, Buccaneers games, I mean, the Jags are imploding. Um, the um, the Packers just don't know what a defense is. Uh, the Falcons don't know who they are, and the Panthers, yeah, yeah whatever. So the last time they had a quality win was, uh, or a quality team was, they lost to the Colts in the end of November. So yes, mm-hmm. I mean Baker Mayfield, fantastic that he's found the right spot. I, I, I'm not. I think we could go in if we played like we did um, on Sunday against Tampa Bay, I think that we go come out of there with the win. I think it's little things like, you know, the left tackle actually reading his job description. Simple. Mm-hmm. Um, the <laughs> I like that one, Craig. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. And, you're right. Uh, you know, um, a mentality of, it doesn't matter if it's road or away, we can be a, we can knock them in the mouth. We can punch them in the mouth. We can make bitches. Mm. Um, uh, you know, Michael Parsons just getting home rather than being held. I think it is such fine margins. And we played one of the cream of the AFC to a, and we were ahead for most of the first half and for, uh, we were ahead going, um, going into that final drive. I think we do have the, uh, the potential to, but we like we've touched all the things we've touched on here are things that can be fixed. Yeah. And and that's the, that's the thing is, is where are we, We've we've definitely got all the potential in the world to actually go all the way. Mm-hmm. We do. We know that. We've yeah. seen it. We've seen it in countless games this year. Like the question is, can we still can we put it to all together when it really matters? And it seems to be whenever we're on the road, we just can't seem to do that unless we're yeah. playing a team under five hundred or whatever. Like like yeah. any team any any team away from home above five hundred. Like we seem to like that's when we tend to struggle. Philly, San Francisco, Buffalo, Miami, all above five hundred. Yeah, but we yeah. went to um, uh, Tampa in January and we smacked uh, Tom Brady in the mouth and took him out of the league. So that was that's last year, though. Yeah, so that <laughs> shows you know, different story. We need a we need that kind of mentality. We need to be tighter and smarter and more physical and all. Mm. It's all mental things. It's all scheme. It's all preparation yeah. and i think i think we have the ability to yeah, yeah. i think i find it kind of funny like the whole mantra is the carpet or omri but yeah. you know that's the, the signage for mike mccarthy's put in the star like yeah it, it basically means sees everything yeah it seems to be that we've, we're, we've not been seizing every opportunity this in every game this year so it just seems kind of ironic. Like that's the thing. What, what we should be doing right now, we should be seizing everything right now. Yeah, that statement could be any more. Like get that message down to the players now, type of thing. 
Yeah, it yeah. shouldn't be on the walls in the facility. It should be on the plane. And then that's that's how we prep for away games. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much from now on, every game is playoffs. Simple. Yeah. You're right. You're dead right, Craig. Look, the, the one final point I wanted to bring up, and unfortunately, look, it's gonna it's gonna roll through the gate the, the screen in a second. Michael Gallup, two ta- two two receptions for four yards. I've just looked at his stats for the last three years: four hundred and forty-five yards, four hundred and twenty-four yards, four hundred and eighteen yards. We made a mistake. Yeah. We were hoping Gallup would step up to where Cooper is, but be a bit cheaper. Mm. Um, and yeah, Cooper unfortunately priced himself out and um, yeah. Browns leaped on on the deal of, of the year. Yeah. We do need, and that's, I think, I, I can't remember which mock draft I was looking at last night when I couldn't sleep, um, said, had us taking a wide receiver in the first round. And I was like, what? Um, but yeah, having well, well, a well, second well, threat to let's be honest Craig it's it's the most Jerry Jones thing to do in the first round (laughs) yeah Uh, but having someone who could be a lamb two years out but in the meantime he could be a presence he could be a lamb when lamb's on the sideline Um, uh, I mean I don't know animals but you know whatever a baby lamb is Um, but um, the lamb is the baby yeah I don't want to I don't want yeah I don't want to think it um but yeah, that kind of second presence. And that's what I want to see more cooks. I think I messaged on the um, thing, uh, you know, um, I love cooks or, or whatever. And I was glad I didn't, um, I didn't miss time. You want to cook a lamb? <laughs> but if we have cooks to be that number two, to be what yeah. Gallup should be, to be what lamb was to um, Cooper, to Amari, yeah. Um, then yeah, we're, yeah, there we go. From the comparison from the last weekend, where's our waddle? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely missing the one thousand yard season version of Michael Gallup. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But as much as I, I'm a big fan of Gallup. Like whenever he does make a play, it's very impactful. Whenever he does, but he's not getting the same distribution as he did before. Um, Whether that's down to confidence, down to his like. Confidence in himself in terms of his route running, confidence between his communication with Dak. We do not know. So it's it, it's a lot of bells and whistles. We could come up with so many different scenarios why yeah. this could be the reason or whatever or not. But as a matter of fact, is from the fans' perspective, Michael Gallup is not getting it done. Mm. End of. So we do need to question the coaches. What is wrong with Michael Gallup? Why is he not getting the ball? Why is he like is a is a problem with his running? Is he still having niggles with his knee or whatever it was? Yeah. Like, does he have full confidence in his body to take on the hits or whatever? Like, just tell us more information so we can be more understanding what the issue is. So rather than yeah. trying like Gallivan and John doing a player's throat, like yeah. you know, so that's that's where yeah. I'm kind of where I'm at with that. Yeah. So just the final two points before we kind of move on to the defensive side of the ball. Um, and Joe, this is probably more for tomorrow night's show. After Saturday night with Detroit and Jimmy going into the ring of honour, the curse will be lifted and we'll win the Super Bowl. Amen to that. Mm. Um, and Tim is saying, can we move on from Tyron? I love him, but he's not reliable anymore. I think if we're being honest, 
turn has a handful, five matches max, I think, left with the Cowboys. Yeah, this yeah. is it. I think that, that I'm being with you. I'm with you as well, Tim. Like this is probably his last ever season, most likely. And mm-hmm. but in terms of reliable. Yeah, from the injury standpoint, I totally agree. But in terms of reliable being on the field, there's no question we need them on the field. But there's no question about that. Like we saw the difference between the drop off between when Tyron Smith is not on the field compared to having like a Trimor Dogger. We don't want an Archaz Green on the field for goodness sake, you know. So, um, yeah. So th- th- there's a big quality st- standoff from that perspective. So, uh, but yeah, in terms of the injuries and stuff like that, yeah, I mean. Let's be honest here. Tylen Smith has not had a full, full on season for the Dallas Cowboys since what 2015? 2014. 2014. So, 2014 or 2015. God. A decade. So, so nearly a decade of never having a full season with the Cowboys. Even though yeah. he's still a Pro Bowl caliber player, he is still one of the best players to ever step on the field when fully fit. But the problem is he just can't stay fit. That's the problem, and yeah. and that's the only downside of Tyron Smith right now is being healthy. When you're so yeah. big and so large, you're going to get these weird niggles out of nowhere. It's going to give you long-lasting effects, and clearly that's now happening to him right now, and it seems to be getting worse and worse. Like he's had like back, like back surgeries, had elbow surgeries, and God knows what else. Like He's more, it's more machine than man right now with the arm braces. <laughs> so... We don't call him Robocop for no reason. <laughs> come, come up live. You want to... <laughs> I, I tried to do the Robocop quote, but I absolutely screwed the pitch still. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I guess, like, uh, Graham's comment here is, see if the team says managing one more time, I swear. And I get that. It is the worst thing with it. And look, I'm... I, I, I'm probably going to pee off Graham when he say this next line. This for me is why Zach Martin is the better player is because the best form of ability is availability. Zach Martin, since he's joined, has missed a handful of games. And you know what you're getting out of him. You don't have to worry about that right guard spot at all. And he's made a very adamant, I am not playing any other position but right guard. Yeah, He's made, he's made that very clear. Like, yeah, because yeah. why, why lessen your success rate down playing a position that you're not as more familiar of? Like, let's be honest. Would you rather have a hundred percent and right guard where you know you're guaranteed, or you're going to get a fifty percent at a right mm-hmm. tackle or a center or left guard or yeah. like, like you're, you're you're essentially breaking down the success rate down in half if you move into a different position in that line when it's not comfortable yeah. with. And that's where my whole problem with all-line flexibility is an issue for me. Like, I'd rather have players that were proper like, draft... What's that? It's tough to... <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> so for, do- for, for those of you who can't, can't read this um, or are watching on a, or listening on a podcast... Lebarski is saying it's tough switching between my Graham account and my Lebarski accounts. Hmm. I can just see Graham pure like Andrew type like no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, like that we cat meme like that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I what was I saying? I uh, the in terms of the offensive line, I hate the idea of the whole flexibility with terms of the O line. Yeah, I get that like, we do need to kind of cover positions if a player goes down, but I'd rather have a player like, if you're drafting a player, draft a player for the actual position, not draft a a left tackle moving to left guard or whatever not like yeah. draft like or bring in yeah. a player that's played the majority of his whole career and stick him to that position. Like and, and only play him if really necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I I I slightly disagree or maybe I'm just picking it up slightly wrong, Paul, in terms of yeah. I mean if if you look at Zach Martin, Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick, they were all left tackles in college and predominantly played left tackle in college. And obviously Travis moved inside, they saw him as a centre. Zach moved into right guard. I mean, I I think the point you're trying to make is more you want a guy coming in and just playing one position, not being he might be a left tackle or he might be a right guard or he can he can switch out. You just want him playing one position only. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Because yeah. you're going to get the, like if they're going to be more focused in on that one singular position, the more they're going to perfect their craft. That's what I'm trying to say. Because if you're mm. if you're trying to like now you're thinking about different blocking assignments, you're thinking about different positions of double teams depending where the defensive yeah. schemes are lined up. If you're a one tech or a three tech, then there's a different outlook. You may have to kick step a little bit more out. All those type of things of you're in out of position, you have to readjust and readapt. Yeah. That you're not so used to. So that's where I have my problem. Like because originally I played started off as a left tackle. Mm-hmm. Loved playing left tackle, but it was not. I, I the problem was for me, it was I was very under like I wouldn't say undersized, I just didn't have the height for it. So yeah. I when I did get shifted more into left guard and I refused to play right hand side because my kick, my kick steps more predominantly like I can kick better with my, my left foot, mm-hmm. like better mm-hmm. kicking back. I've got a lot more weight against it, and especially. Yeah. And my, my strong hand is always my left hand. Right? So me playing on the right, I would feel so awkward in terms of yep. like rotating my hips, all those different types of dynamics. So yeah. like that's where I think being comfortable with a position that you think you're going to be the best at and you can study the game at, stick by that. So, And this is where the whole thing with Tyler Smith now comes into the equation. He's now two years with the Cowboys now. Yeah, he's been one of the. He's been raved about, like, and and mm-hmm. rightly so. He's been great, but it's still the basic mistakes of holding unnecessary, the jumping off sides, all these yeah. common mistakes. He should be knowing the cadences. He should be knowing everything right now. Like, yeah, you're no longer a rookie now. There should be no room for error now mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah. Just, just a little bit sloppy has, has crept in, and Ex- yeah, that's it, a great way it, to say it. It's, it's very sloppy. Yeah. And my thing, and I've always said this, is you compare that to Zach Martin. Zach Martin, I think, in eight or nine years has only given up seven penalties in the league. Yeah. You know, less than one penalty a season. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what you want. This is why there's the difference, right? So Zach Martin is going to be a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Regardless, without, without a Super Bowl or not, he's got, he is without a doubt one of the best guards to ever step foot on the football field. Yeah. Hands down. He's got to be a ring of honour, 
Hall of Fame, na- you name it. He's he's going to be right up there. Yeah. Uh, just before we move on to talking about the defense, Gra- Graham has switched back his accounts now, and he's back on his Graham Wilson account, and he said we could always just take a blocking tight end again. <sighs> <laughs> I don't want to dive into that topic too much. <laughs> but look, flip as I say, look, flipping it over onto the defensive side of the ball, um, like the Cowboys on Sunday gave up 24 first downs, 6-13 on third down, gave up 375 yards, were one for four in the red zone, which restricted Jason Sanders to having to kick, mm. kick five field goals. I mean... They on paper they it's great. On paper it looked great. On paper, mm. but yeah. it, it's the clutch moments. Yeah, it seemed yeah. to be the, the the problem. Like the the final drive, that should have been the clutch moment to really stamp our authority down. We failed to do it, and yeah. we we gave them that extra field goal. All they need is that what like to, that field goal to win the game, and we we gave them yeah. the opportunity. They run down the clock, make sure we didn't have any chance to come back at all and yeah basically yeah. took the win from us uh, uh, out of nowhere pretty much yeah, exactly that it's our mentality um got the worst of us and that's probably more yeah. on the defense than the than the offense um yeah. so i mean the stat line was fine we did restrict them um we did uh, yeah. <clears throat> we were competitive occasionally we need to be competitive continually Mm. Yeah, and I mean that 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 kind of bore out in the numbers in terms of say individually. There were very few tackles for loss. We had one sack on on Sunday night. You know, this team, as we say, on the road, especially, it's proven there's an inability there to get sacks, to get turnovers, and that was like that could have been huge for us on Sunday. Was getting a turnover. And we just don't seem to do that. I don't know if it's it's conservative game calling from Dan Quinn on the scheme, or it's look Ben don't break, given given the players we have missing. And like as I say, look that's not an excuse to say we've players missing. Every team has players missing at this point in the season. Yeah, I mean the I think was it the last um, pick six was Washington. Um, yeah, uh, Thanksgiving. Um, I can't remember that many inter- that many momentum shifting interceptions since then. Uh, I'm did... not sure if we've had one. No, and that's it. It's such fine margins. That um, ball from the fullback bounces a couple of inches left. Dak's got it. Okay, but we just need yeah, we just need one yeah. of those ten yard passes to be jumped. And sure, yeah. okay, um, uh, bland. Does it maybe misses and maybe that ten yard pass turns into twenty yard pass? That's not going to shift the game. Taking the ball and taking it back um, for for points might shift the game. So I, that, it, yeah. go on. <clears throat> yeah, the, 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 sorry, sorry, Craig. I, I just this is kind of going back to the point I was making early on. It's these ten yard passes were the ones were killing us. It's because we were given likes of Ward and and likes of Hill too much respect. By giving them too much space, uh, like like we're maybe like three or five years back, like to make mm-hmm. that room to make the moves to what like cut back inside or whatever for those ten yard passes, that was seemed to be the ones that really did actually like the slant passes especially. That was just yeah. like, 
It's like, come on, like, and especially with the middle guys, the middle guys just seemed a wee bit lost when Kemp came to that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was just like trying to deal with Tyreek's speed and try try to like play, but literally trying, but mentally you can play catch up, but physically we just couldn't do it. We just can't match the speed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. It's just soft coverage, easy catch, couple of yards. But actually, if we'd been a bit more physical on the line, um, a bit more physical on the contesting catches, then yes, he might beat us once. We might beat him to the ball once. And that actually could give us the momentum shift, the mentality Ooh. shift, the um, edge towards physicality that we need. Yeah, and this is another thing. I don't think we've actually mentioned this. But, uh, is our defensive line. Like, Don't get me wrong, we do have some good players in our defensive line, but our production has definitely went down yeah, in the yeah. past three or four weeks, yeah, like yeah, like I would say since probably the Thanksgiving game, it has dropped down significantly. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we're we're not getting as like obviously like sacks numbers and whatever not, but it just in terms of total pressures to the quarterback, it's definitely decreasing. It seems to be, mm-hmm. like I, I could be wrong on that, but it just what it generally feels like it because I think yeah. it, it feels like the two are like. I think it was a half sack for a pass and half sack for Armstrong, and that was yeah. it. But yeah. in terms yeah. of pre- in terms of pressures, like it's not as as much as we would like to hope it to be, especially against a depleted Miami offense, offensive yeah. line. Connor yeah. Williams is out. Um, they had multiple injuries on the injury report in terms of the offensive line. They were doubtful and stuff like that. I was like, okay, so they've got a backup offensive line. This is good news. You would like to think so. More inexperience, like would it cause more communication problems, especially with the interior. Didn't see any of that at all. Like it, it just felt like like, and that's the thing. Like if you're not putting the pressure on Tua as as much as we would like to, then these would be short ten yard gains and whatever and that would never have happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. and not just the sacks and the pressure on Tua, but um, blowing up the running game. Um, behind the line of scrimmage, With that seemed to be for the middle part of our um, of our season. That seemed to be quite a staple of us. And I cannot again. I can't remember the last time we did that and shifted the momentum a bit. Yeah, yeah. and just and just kind of like yeah, just looking at Tim's comment about the thirteenth man. We yeah. kind of already made, we already kind of mentioned about the refs. Like as much as I agree, like the refereeing decisions on Parsons is terrible. Yeah. From a passive perspective, like I, think, I believe it's thirty-one quarters of football that's mm-hmm. that's happened, but we need to stop throwing that as an excuse. We need to get on with it. I know it yeah. sounds it sounds pure. Or how like, how are we supposed to do that? The refs are against us. It's like fight fire with fire. Like if, if we're getting hold back, then punch the mother, punch the the. I was about to swear there. Um, yeah. punch, <laughs> just punch the guy right across the face the next time. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's what I yeah. say. Like, like the only way to deal with it is just get more angry and put put all that venom towards that offensive lineman next time and make him regret mm. it. Yeah. Make him regret. Make him regret holding you. That's what I would say. Yeah, the ref yeah. isn't going to pick up the flag or change it because you appeal, but the offensive lineman after doing that 
will think about that for the rest of the game. So that could be that could be an influencer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like as as I said earlier, look, Mike is not the only guy this is happening to. Every top pass rusher in the league gets held and gets held multiple times a game. Let's so. Prime examples: Lane Johnson is the biggest culprit of them all. Let's be fair, like, yes. like, yeah. Throughout the whole two seasons, Lane Johnson for the Philadelphia Eagles has probably not been called for holding and called for false starts. And you could write a whole bible on the guides of mm-hmm. how to prank the referees not to give you a flag. Like that's yeah. Lane Johnson in a heartbeat, like. I know I may have kind of jump from one run to the end here, but just to give you the perspective, the fact that it's like it's all across the league, there's offensive linemen that are being really, really bad. They should have got called for something, but they didn't. The referees, mm. and I don't know how many times NFL officiating this official Twitter has been tied in so many videos this season. It is yeah. a concern. Like the refereeing standards have definitely dropped overall, yeah. not just for the Cowboys, but for everyone. That's been like yeah. even take the Philadelphia Buffalo game, the horse collar call, like yeah. that, that was really bad. The fact that yeah. they called that against Buffalo rather than on Philadelphia, it's just it just shows you how bad it is. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just going to pull up Tim's other comment here because he's, you, you're kind of answering yourself in a way, Tim, with this. The problem with holding calls for Mike is it happens so much you'd be calling almost every play. And you're correct in that assessment in that you, you could almost every play, you could call a penalty. And if you do that, the game is not going to be enjoyable to watch. You know, like for us over here in the UK and Ireland, like we've seen soccer ruined by VAR and taking two and three minutes to decide on things like that. If you start calling penalties on everything and re- video reviews, the game's going to take six and seven hours and no one wants to see that. Hmm. Yeah. Because there'll be TV, yeah. like TVs will, will, TV, will, TV producers will have a say on how games are predicted as well. But, yeah. well, not predicted, well, but how, how how the speed of the game should be determined. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, was, I was going to mention something there um, regards to every play for Micah Parsons. This is in relation to Tim's question. Yeah. And I'm going to throw back a question back to you guys. With that being said, with the holding calls, should now mm-hmm. be the time to actually move Micah Parsons back to linebacker to stop him getting over frustrated and actually think about maybe run inside as a blitz in linebacker role? Because he's had success doing it plenty of times. Why not give him more more of a stunt at linebacker? I thought we would have seen more of that this week, actually, just as a um, just to confound a bit of um, Mike McDaniel's uh, scheming. Um, so I was surprised mm-hmm. that he was left so long when we were clearly were weren't getting the best out of Micah. If we have him mm-hmm. more as a mobile threat rather than a pass, pass rush threat, um, then yeah. it might have might have caused a bit of indecision. Might might have been able to jump a few more routes rather than get home to Tua. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, yeah sorry, but just, just the reason I'm kind of saying this, like maybe just kind of he's the 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 mentality issue that we're having right now, it might actually help Micah like spark up that fire again and actually give defenses like something to rethink about again in a different position. Yeah. That's what I'm that's what I'm kinda of getting at. Yeah. 
I mean, if if you think as as you kind of say, Paul, if if he does blitz from linebacker, you know, it it only takes one or two <coughs> acts, you know, one or two sacks just to get that momentum, that juice going again, you know, where where he's having two and three sack games, you know, if you, if you just change that position, and that's what they've tried to do, is get him playing, as you say, get him playing on the line, get him playing off ball, get him playing over the ta- over the over the center, over the guards as well, you know, and it's just trying to find that right slot. And I think if you can get him playing, and I know it's a huge word when we say if, you know, if you could get him one or two more sacks, it might just get those gears going for him again. Mm. But another thing I kind of, I, I know I threw it out there in terms of lack of turnovers in recent games. I just went back and had a look. In our last four games, obviously, since you guys were out there for Thanksgiving, all four teams are in the playoffs right now. And that is an issue in itself in that, you you know, that's the, the, the error count is not going to be as high. The risk count from teams in the playoffs isn't going to be as high. So you're not mm. going to have those turnover type issues. We're, being we're essentially going to be we're going to be five for five of playoff teams because we've got Detroit yeah. next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we, um, you know, uh, just play Sam Howell every week? Is that an option? <laughs> Sam Howell's been benched. Yeah, he has. Um, <laughs> can't remember, but he, we we won't be seeing Toby him. Toby Brissett. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. It's. And even the teams we played earlier on, um, the Rams are also, you know, um, going to be pushing for a playoff run. So it has, the quality has shifted. The games have gotten closer. And so, yes, we won't see huge stats um, and big explosive defensive plays. It's just what it is. But there is still the chance for our defence to do what we want to see them do is actually take over a game. We see them change a game's momentum. But we don't yeah. often see them dominate a game. And that's that's the one word for me, dominate is missing. Um, yeah. Micah could do that. Micah could dominate a game, not just through sacks, but through being a tackle for loss threat as well. Um, yeah. I think we're just missing it. I almost had a, I would twinkle my eye when you just said just one chance and I would thought about it was that one Seafy Braveheart there. <laughs> just your, one. Your accent's better than mine. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I just you're just rubbing my head there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you do, you do know Braveheart was only shot about ten miles from where I live. Yeah, uh, it was mostly recorded in Ireland, wasn't it? Yeah, most yeah. of it was in yeah. Ireland. Yeah, but um, get get getting back to it. Look, Graham has kind of posed this question a couple of times, so I'm going to throw it to you guys again. Against a team with very little run game and a banged up offense. Should our offensive line should we expect more than one sack, regardless of how bad the referees are? Well, we had the second sack that was um, that was penalised as a roughing the passer, and that was very no. dubious. Um, yeah. But yeah, I if Micah is getting double teamed and held and so on, there's got to be another pressure point. As 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 you said, Paul and Brian, the um, uh, the the offensive line was so banged up. There must have been another pressure point somewhere else. So. Mm. We we prob- perhaps we just held off on the pass rush because we, as we've said, we're so worried about the coverage that we were just lost a bit of our mojo. Um, so yeah. we didn't see a, a more sacks because we were 
trying to not give out the big play elsewhere. That's, the, that's probably the best way to describe it. We have seemed to be losing yeah. our mojo, mm. as Austin Powers would normally would say. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose it, it is the thing, look, and to be fair, as they say, look, we've been playing playoff teams for weeks. But it, it does seem to be a thing that, like, you're going, right, if the sack is not coming from Michael, where is it coming from? You know, and it's, you know, like, I think Tank had, Tank's had a couple, mm. but not enough from, you know, a guy you're paying a lot of money to. You would like you would like to see more. Um, Hankins in that game against um, Washington, I think he had two sacks. He just sacked the week after against that team. And then, obviously, look, he got injured. But you're kind of going, like, look, where's the numbers coming from Osa? Where's the numbers coming from Chauncey Olsen? Where's the numbers coming from Sam Williams? I mean, Sam Williams is skating by very easily in terms of he was a second-round pick last year and has not massively shown up. I mean, if you compare himself and Tank Lawrence, both second-round picks, and I'm not trying to compare them as players, I'm just trying to compare in, in terms of where they were taken, is that you're going, you know, you would expect more production from a second-round pick. Yeah, and I think Sam Williams knows that himself, Chris. He had yeah. it in himself that he wanted to achieve 10 sacks in a season. Yeah. yeah. Like when we were when we were talking to him on the Cowboys Experience show, now as that was his goal was to get 10 plus sacks, yeah. get double digits. And whether he's not getting the opportunity now, but whenever he is on the field, he's I don't know, it's 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 a weird one. It's a weird one to kind of yeah. make a yeah. make a comment on. Yeah, so he's got four sacks so far this year, which, yeah, yeah. that's disappointing. He may, he, may, he may get six against Washington. <laughs> I, reckon I, yeah. I reckon three of us could get six against Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... But, but um, like, look, to, to, to kind of be a little bit positive, I mean, we, we have kind of alluded to it multiple times throughout the show. I mean, our defensive backs had a solid game this week. They have not given up an awful lot on the back end. Um, and that's playing without your number one corner. You know, I mean, without, with, obviously you're missing the turnovers from them. But I mean, if they can keep playing at that level of one or two touchdowns a game, is that good enough? I'm not. I really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, like as long as we win the game, I don't honestly care about stats right yeah. now. <laughs> like as long as we, as long as we win games, as long as we can, like, yeah, yeah, turnovers, yeah, we can cause yeah. turnovers more than sacks. Then great. For, yeah. Like, I'd, I'd be happy with more four and outs than than a sack. Then mm. they score in a touchdown in the next drive. Like yeah. as long as as long as we're, we're we're preventing teams from actually putting points on the board, that's mm. what I'll be happy about more than anything. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, golf has his uh, ups and downs, so there's you know potential ahead. But if if whether whether it's sacks, you know, pressures, whatever, as long as we are present in the backfield, I think that's the games where we are starting to cause errors and I think we the Dolphins didn't cause the error 
that was them our first drive um with the fumble mm-hmm. but we didn't cause any errors for them and have yeah. that again fine margins yeah i'm gonna throw this question to you both um graham has kind of thrown it in and tim has had a chance just to get in a response before before we've gotten to it you know do you think it's a time to bench our starters for the regular season or when do we do it um and Tim has kind of come back in and said they would be rusty if we did, I feel. I mean, like, say you get the win on Saturday evening against the Lions. Would you consider sitting some of your starters um, going up to Washington? Only if Philadelphia lose to Arizona. Uh, I've, I've never liked the benching starters because... You, often you get as many injuries in the training time as you do on the pitch, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, if if the game against Washington is a nothing game, then fine. But if it yeah. does that and then we're also on the road again, I think it'd be different if it was a home game followed by a home playoff. If we were at home and yeah. you know, we could play, treat it as a semi-preseason. Um, but because we want to defeat this road warrior or, or, or road curse thing. No, I think we go out and, and put, put our um, feet on someone's throat as a statement, not to Washington, but to Tampa or whoever. Yeah. Possibly. I yeah. mean, I like, I, I think, I think, look, it's, it's going to depend on the outcome of Saturday. And as you say, that team's game against Arizona, there might still be a divisional title to fight for on the last yeah. day. And I'm not I'm not up for resting starters when there's a divisional title to be there. Absolutely. Be it's the difference between a home playoff game and an away playoff game. Yeah. We've seen the advantage of having home games. Absolutely. And that's yeah. every reason why I wouldn't drop the players. Like if we were like if there was no chance of us actually winning the title, then yeah, maybe like Give the starters like a couple of drives, then let them rest and let the backups play. But yeah, I still, yeah. want, I still want my starters to still somewhat play in any remaining against Washington, for example. Like, because yeah. we still want to keep them active, but not just just don't go overboard. Like if it's tight, like for example, Tyron Smith, like mm. yeah, get, give him a couple of reps, whatever that, then let him bench, then really get him on the sideline, talk to like so the other backups to really like drill it into them. This is what you should be doing. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Anyone right. with a niggle, anyone with um, not just niggle, but hasn't been playing up to their level. I would say, yeah, a couple of reps and then actually get them back studying tape. I mean, that's more important yeah. than, than a performance um, that other players that we need out there, keep them going until we, until we've achieved what we want to um, out of the game from Washington. It does still matter. It does still um, matter for how teams see us. So it does yeah. matter for our mentality. Um, Craig, I think think this might have been what you were alluding to, but, I, uh, but I'll say it anyway. I mean, that Washington game could be where you can get some players getting their mojo back in terms of getting <coughs> some takeaways, getting something moving on both sides of the ball, which gives you a bit of confidence heading into um, that game, which which most likely, as we say, looks like it's going to be in Tampa. And surely, surely something like that is better than having guys 
sitting out being slightly rusty for the first few series because we've seen what slow starts will do in the playoffs. Yeah. And we're not a team built to, as as we saw, as they mentioned in the first drive, we're not a team built to play from behind. No. Um, but look, as we always say, we do like to try and end things on a positive. Throwing it over to our old friends on the special teams, our two pro bowlers, Brian, o- Brian, uh, Brian Anger and Brandon Aubrey. Two from two on field goals, two from two on extra points. Brian Anger had a punter average of nearly 60 yards in that game. I mean, again, there's no no blame we can lay on the special team's front door. No. No. And he's still the only player, um, only, no, sorry, that's um, the field goals. Um, we've only, we haven't missed a field goal yet. That's right. No, still haven't missed a field goal this season. Could be, could be like setting all time record of missing no field goals for the whole season. It could be then this great potential happen the first time ever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but look, we're, we're an hour and a half into things, and look, we really do need to get out of here tomorrow evening. We do have Mike and the team who will be here to preview the um, the Detroit Lions game, but most importantly, Jimmy Johnson going into the Ring of Honor. Gentlemen, how are you both feeling about that? Extremely long overdue. Yeah. I I think it was actually a big sigh of relief from all of Cowboys Nation. It's like finally Jerry freaking did it. He actually put his ego away and actually put Jimmy in the, in the ring of honor. And I know everyone's been so superstitious, but this is this could be what be could be the curse, whatever with the Cowboys. Yeah. If that is the case, and so be it. Like lift the cost and rate, then let us go and win those. Get back to the glory days of creating a new dynasty and stuff like that. Let's do that again. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, let's go. Absolutely, it's well deserved. It's a, it's putting to bed a distracting storyline. It means mm-hmm. that the '90s are done. The now is the now. Let's let's see what this team has. And um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a fitting time for it. For just, sure. Just to, just go before ahead, you go, yeah, just notice that Tim's comment about like kickers don't get MVP, but he certainly deserves it one hundred percent. Brandon, like I just wanted like show my big love and appreciation for Brandon Aubrey right now. Like when we were going into the training camp, we were still having that big question mark: Can he actually cope with the pressure? He did have some missed field goals during training camp, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. ever since week one, yeah. field goals, he's just been absolutely fantastic. Like, how he's turned out for the Cowboys is more than we could ever imagined. So, and yeah, big shout out to Brandon Aubrey. You'll become a big fan favourite here in the UK. Yeah. yeah. For sure. The one thing we're missing is a name, like... Greg the leg or Mr. Automatic. We need something from him. And then uh, the butter. I missed that what? Butter. Butter. That's his nickname. That's his missus gave him that nickname. Butter. 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 (laughs) Okay. I don't know where that came from, but there you go. I'm not getting butter on the back of a jersey. I mean, it's not happening. 
I may as well get fucking. I may as well get lower pack on the back of the jersey. Paul, do you want to give the shout outs to Barry and the team? Yes, guys. If you're planning going to a Dallas Cowboys game, be sure to go and check out Cowboys. Meet and greets and much, much more. Sorry, just give me one sec. There we go. Sorry, I was I, I was playing something and then your microphone nearly went out, Paul. So, um, but look, as we say, tomorrow night, Mike and the team will be back uh, here at nine o'clock in the UK and Ireland, four o'clock on the East Coast, three o'clock in Texas. Um, we hope you can all join in, listen to the breakdown of the Detroit Lions match. For me, it is a good night. Good night for me. Good night, hope. Paul, give us the line. Dallas forever, Philly forever. You know the score, guys. But anyway, guys, season Thursday. Good night. Good night,